Independent buy-side ad platform Innovid is about to go public. We talk with the company's co-founder and CEO, Svika Netta, to understand why now and why fragmentation is the industry's greatest challenge. Listen on to find out more. And welcome to this week's edition of Inside the Stream podcast. This is Will Richmond from Video News, and that was Colin Dixon from Endscreen Media at the top there. Hey, Colin, how's everything? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm Luckily, I'm not up north in Seattle that are currently baking, <laughs> uh, but uh, the weather's very nice here, and uh, we're doing well. But uh, we have a couple of news items that we want to get to today, right? Yeah, before we get to our interview with Svika Netter, who is the co-founder uh, co and CEO of Innovid. So a couple of new news items this week. I'm going to kick us off quickly. And on my radar for the past several weeks has been the Amazon MGM deal, as with lots of other folks. I wrote that um, I think if the FTC challenges it, they're going to have a hard time defending it in court. And a couple of updates this week. Senator Elizabeth Warren was out with a a um, a desire or expressing a strong interest in having the Amazon MGM deal receive a quote meticulous review from the FTC, which is going to be the agency that's going to oversee this. And almost coincident with that was news in the Wall Street Journal that Amazon has kind of gone on the offensive here by asking that the new chair of the FTC, Lena Khan, be recused from involvement with review of the deal. And um, Lena Khan is a former professor and journalist, antitrust professor, and she, of course, wrote a very widely circulated article about three or four years ago about Amazon and big tech in general needing to have a new antitrust regulatory framework to oversee them. So that apparently has gotten Amazon's attention. They want her recused. So that was on my radar. Yeah, that's, that, that is one that is going to run and run. We're, we'll be talking about that a lot this year. Uh, but what I, one, the one new story I wanted to mention was that uh, Apple apparently is paying Roku to put a button for the Apple TV Plus service on the Roku remote. So they're displacing a couple of others. Uh, I was looking at my Roku remote and it has HBO and uh, Sling TV on my remote, but they're out and Apple has paid to get Apple TV Plus on the remote. <laughs> this is, I think, kind of amusing, Will. For goodness sake, why didn't Apple get in and bid on MGM? They could sure use some more content in Apple TV+, Plus, but instead, they've decided to buy a button. Yeah, it's pretty amazing to think that's what Apple TV+, Plus has been reduced to, a button on the Roku remote. <laughs> <laughs> it's not what many of us would have forecast, say, in, five or ten years ago at the dawn of this connected TV age. It's, it's pretty incredible to think about, and you got to... You got to just say good on Roku once again, because that's quite a coup for them. It sure is. Uh, that's not to say that there isn't good content on Apple TV+. Plus. There is. There's just not enough of it. But anyway, I think that's probably enough. We should get to our interview. Absolutely. And this week, we're really pleased to have Zvika Netter, who is the co-founder and CEO of Innovid, join us. 
Welcome, Zvika. Oh, great, great to be here. Very excited to be here with you guys. Yeah, it's great to have you on, Zvika. And why don't you start off by giving us a thumbnail on Innovid and uh, get, us, get us up to date. Where are you today? Absolutely. So Innovid is the, the world-leading delivery and measurement platform for CTV. Um, advertising is being used by some of the world's largest brands. So we're focusing on the buy side, the brands and the agencies. Um, so about 40% of the top 200 TV advertisers in the US, it's almost half of the top 200 advertisers, are using our platform to deliver and measure their TV advertising on digital platforms, obviously like desktop, mobile, but of course, uh, CTV. CTV has been growing for this year, year to date, about 70% year over year for us. And it's almost half of our business is to, it's, it's all of it, it's TV advertising, but already half of it, almost half of it, 45%, I believe at this point, of revenue and volume is for, you know, into people's living rooms, uh, to large, you know, large screen TVs. Um, we have no media business, which is very important for us. We're independent. When we say we're independent, it doesn't mean that we're not part of the big tech firms. Um, but we're also not selling or buying any media. So we're not a DSP. We've never been an ad network. We've never touched a cent on the media dollars. We're not an SSP. We're not, we don't touch any of that. We don't have a take group. We're a pure infrastructure software company for the world's largest brands to deliver and measure their TV advertising. That's who we are. That's great. So, Svika, we're going to, I think, drill down a little bit more on Innovate itself. We're going to talk sure. about the industry challenges, et cetera. Um, but actually, one of the impetuses for having you on as a guest this week was that Innovit just filed to go public last week, and that's a pretty big milestone for you guys. You're doing it via a SPAC, which sure. is, um, you'll talk to us a little bit more about. You're also raising some money in what's called a pipe, which might be a new term for some of our listeners as well. And it's also a nice follow-on for us because just last week we had Dave Otten on as our guest, who's of course the CEO and co-founder of JW Player, and they just debated whether to go public via SPAC, but ultimately decided to stay private and raise a, a pretty large $100 million round. So let, let's just ask you, um, you know, tell us a little more about the decision to go public, the decision to go via SPAC, and what might change about Innovid as a result of being a public company? Well, that's, that's a lot to unpack there. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll try to keep it short. Uh, so we'll get to talk also a lot about the uh, you know, future of CTV and the product. Um, so going public so first you know why to go public um, a couple of things if you refer to our you know we raised our last round was from goldman sachs uh 30 million dollars about two years ago and what we announced there we, we called it this is our crossover what's called you know a pre-ipo round so already two years ago before SPACs, before the you know where ad tech was suddenly popular in in, in the public markets we have already communicated uh, and Innovate was profitable at the time, so it wasn't like money to run the business. It was, and it was wasn't just you know by coincidence Goldman Sachs. It was about we we see our future as an independent vendor, as an independent platform away from media, in order for, to fulfill our strategy to really change the future of TV advertising. We felt it's critical that we'll stay away from media. It's critical that we'll be transparent and independent, and that's why we announced it fairly early on. We didn't have immediate plans to go public, but we said, this is where we're going as a company. We're not looking to sell the business. Um, you know, and then we hired a lot of people uh, with that money and then COVID hit, right? So it was like, okay, uh, we had to readjust in the first half of the year. Turned out, as I'm sure you and your listeners already know, that uh, COVID from, you know, was a horrible thing, but from a, a consumption of connected TV, uh, we saw starting in May, April was a huge dip, and starting May and June, we started seeing a massive increase in consumption and new household connecting 
Um, so we saw that growth, um, and we said, okay, let's get back to the plans to go public, but let's wait, right? So uh, wait because we had elections, you know, that nobody knew what's going to be in the vaccines. There were a lot of big question marks in the second half. So we grew a ton in the second half. We were profitable again. It was a very good uh, second half in 2020. Then in Q1 this year, after, again, new president, uh, economy stabilizing, vaccines, people going back, and we wanted to see that the CTB growth is not dropping. So it's not just a factor of people staying at home. It's even when people are going back to work uh, outside of home, still the growth is there. You know, as I said, like we've seen 70% year to date. So on, on, on numbers on Q1 of last year, which was positive. So with that, we said, okay, let's go back to our plans to go public. Um, and then we looked at the option and the SPAC option um, I mean, we definitely had the growth, the scale, the readiness, everything that we, you know, we planned. We already had it uh, even faster than we uh, anticipated. Uh, the benefit was, so we had several options. The SPAC, what we liked about the mechanism is the speed and the certainty of it, right? You can relatively do, um, you know, uh, you can get very fast to the point. And there's a lot of content out there on SPACs versus IPOs, like regular IPOs. few things. From the outcome perspective, the exact, so this, the, the day Innovid will start trading will be traded on NASDAQ or New York Stock Exchange, we didn't decide yet, like any other stock. You ring the bell, you like from that point on, it doesn't matter how you got there. So it's a question of the process. The SPAC process within two or three months, you can get to a point that um, you know that you're gonna be public, it's done, and you know a, a minimum through this mechanism called PIPE, you know that you've secured a minimum amount of money that's going to be available on your balance sheet on that day. So from that point on, um, and this is what we announced a few days ago, right? So from that point on, we filed with the SEC, we filed the S4, everybody can see whatever they want, we go back and forth with the SEC, but there's no question, like when you go public, you can always cancel the IPO the day before. The market is not there, the bankers, the pricing is not set. There's several companies that were getting ready in our industry also, to go public, everybody spoke about it, then it never happened, which is a huge blow. So we felt that it would be best for us to work our ass off, sorry for the term, uh, for three months, get ready, lock the evaluation down, lock the money down, and then quote unquote go back to work while our finance team and legal team are completing the process. So we should be live somewhere in Q4, but the certainty of the money and the evaluation allowed us to not to spend too long on, on this process. So. For us, it was a great mechanism, um, and you know, the SPAC are not as as, as um, clear, not as popular, or not as a uh, how would I say that favorable tool at this point as it used to be a few months ago. What's unique about Innovate that we're able to close a very um, strong pipe with 150 million dollars from investors like Fidelity and Barron. So that's a very strong. You have different SPACs out there. This is, if 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 our listeners, you know, want to understand like what's unique about Innovate, the fact that we signed up um, these leading investors, uh, I think that supports the CTV, you know, theme that they understand that CTV is here to stay, and it's going very fast. So that that's why we chose this. Very good. So so let's let's understand a little bit why there why uh, people would invest in you. Tell us about the competitive landscape landscape and how Innovate fits in there. And how you're differentiating yourself from the competition, and who is the competition? Yep, absolutely. So I, I would I would split it into two um, two many key parameters. One is the um, you know one is the what we do, the product uh, and the focus and the technology, and the second one is the position, the strategy of the company. I will actually start with you know from from the product perspective, we've been investing. You know, Innovid is stands for innovation and video. 
and 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 well, you know us, you know from what ten, twelve. We started a company 14 years ago. We never changed the name because it was hip to do video. We've done video before. This is where YouTube uh, got acquired by Google. This is a long, long time ago, where the video was the size of a matchbox. We made a decision that we're going to change the future of television because with the assumption that all TV will be delivered through IP, and we want to own that infrastructure. And we made a decision to focus. And uh, my background is engineering. Tal, my co-founder that you know also, and Zach, where all three of us are still in the company, 14 years, you know, working our butts off because we're very, very passionate about that. We had this grand vision of future of television being, you know, uh, interactive, personalized, that we're not going to have 30 second, like 5,000 30 second ads in, in, in a pod. It's going to be very different. And we set on a mission to change that. Obviously, it took way longer than we thought, but we made all this investment uh, over the years. And we've done a lot of first, you know, first SDK, first integration with Roku, first integration with Peacock now. Uh, we trade this. So we, we've done a lot of uh, unique um, developments in technology before it was profitable, before it was, you know, the, the hip thing to do. So that's a huge component why people use us. The second part, which is key, is our independence. Again, as you know, we've never touched media. We never, there was a time that it was cool to be a DSP or cool to be an ad network. You know, you remember the Bright World days, the Tremor days, people printed money as an ad network, then as a DSP, Rocket Fuel, Tube Mogul, remember all these guys, Bright World. Right. We didn't go there. So we stayed very, very patient on this long term vision because we understood that the second we will touch media, we're not going to be able to achieve our vision as the platform that delivers and measures everything because then you get tainted. So from all those perspectives, there's no other company in the world that is so focused on CTV. It's got the technology and does not do any media component. Right. So. The media component, if you look at companies like the Tradest, which is a partners and, and others, you know, the Magnite, etc., they're our partners. They're not a, anybody that is in the media business is actually a partner and a friend of Innovid. I want to say from our perspective, you know, maybe somebody has their big plans out there. But from our perspective, we're enablers. We integrate with them. We help the money flow faster to CTV. So it actually helps everybody, Roku and the Tradest and Magnite and, and, and Peacock and everybody else to make more money, even YouTube. Um, so the, the the platform, obviously, you know, the platform that we've replaced the most, talking about competition, is Doubleclick, what's called now GCM, Google Campaign Manager, what used to be called DFA. That's the platform that agencies and brands use to deliver their ads on digital. You know, these guys, Doubleclick, almost own the industry uh, on digital in general. Innovit came in and said, television is going to be different than display, than search, than social. Television is a different medium. It requires a dedicated solution with dedicated technology unbundled for media. And on those two uh, focuses, the product and the separation from the media are the key reason where almost 99% of our clients are moving from all their video and CTV business from Google, DoubleClick to Innovate. They keep Google for display and other things, and they move uh, uh, their CTV business to us, the delivery and the measurement. So from that perspective, I think it's going to be, it is getting harder and harder for Google to compete with Innovate because they're all gonna, always going to be biased. I mean, you know, they have a massive business called YouTube, and that's where they make the big dollars. And, and you know, so, so from that perspective, we actually see that it's getting better and better for us when we talk to large brands, that they understand that it's tricky to have all your, you know, delivery and measurement done by a media company, basically. 
let's excuse me, let's drill into CTV a little bit more. And you know, of course, a couple of weeks ago, I hosted our Connected TV Ad Summit, so I've been up to my eyeballs in CTV for, <laughs> as you know, for yep. quite a long time, and yep. most recently, just a few weeks ago. Um, and it's, I think, an absolutely fascinating discussion. But the key driver is this growth of spending coming from linear TV. And that's really a that's kind of a follow the eyeballs business, if you will. We've got people Absolutely. who are cutting the cord. Advertisers need to reach them. CTV offers them sight, sound, and motion along with the digital platform. So you know what could be wrong, right? It's it's a follow the eyeball strategy. What I'm curious to ask you about is, in addition to this follow the eyeballs revenue bucket for the industry, there's also a school of thought that. There may be also a bucket of money that gets pulled into CTV around performance advertising and kind of mid to lower funnel, the money that's been primarily owned by Google, Facebook, and that world. And that as the CTV model gets proven in to performance advertisers, that we're going to see that spigot get unlocked also. And to be fair, Roku has talked about performance advertisers being their fastest group uh, category of of, uh, of customers in the past few quarters. So I'm curious to ask you a little bit more what you're seeing on that front, if anything yeah, yet. Maybe it's early. Yeah, it, it is It is early and it's, you know, it touches also on our strategy and how we segment the market. Uh, what we found, first of all, you're right, right? So is it, you know, it, I'll start from the end. Can CTV be uh, uh, a mechanism for a combined, right? You don't run a 15, 30 second spot that you pay a lot for just to get clicks, right? So it's not like a credio follow somebody with, with a pair of shoes, right? It's a branding vehicle. You can attach to it because it's CTV, uh, two things. One is make it more personalized, right? So you can do hyper-targeting, not just for the, the audience, you can do that programmatic, but also for the message with a platform like Innovate, we personalize, you know, there's a let's say a donut company uh, that we've generated 50,000 versions. It's like, what would like uh, a four that had, you know, uh, based on location and temperature and other thing, time of day. So they were like, and then we had like 20 impressions per version at some point, like, because it was hyper, hyper targeted. So you can achieve this with a platform like Innovate, have, you know, hundreds of thousands of HD ads rendered a day on a daily basis based on inventory. So that you can achieve, which helps you on performance, right? So you find the right person, you find the right message, you buy that impression. And then also you can add interactivity, like again, oh, sorry for the self-promotion, but you know we also have the most advanced interactive CTV advertising platform. You can do click, send a coupon to your phone, uh, QR codes, uh, watch more content. We already do all these things and we've done it, done it for years. So the, does the adoption of these formats increasing? Absolutely. By the way, not just for performance advertisers, but also massive CPG brands or donut companies, right? So it is, and, and, and joke aside, I mean, it, it is really happening and it's growing, you know, more than double year over year. You're asking from it. So, so that's, yes. If you look, you know, since we deliver 40% of the top 200 brands, almost like a third of the industry in the US in terms of volume, we deliver 330 years of video every day to give you a sense of scale. It's more than a billion TV ads a day. It's all TV ads. So it's massive scale. If you look at that scale, it's marginal. It's still the big players are the big players. The big dollars are the big dollars. You, you know, you're selling head and shoulders. You're selling cars. You're selling Pfizer. Like you know, um, these are the big spenders. The, the volume, from a scale perspective, that's where the money's coming. The big dollars are coming from. On, on the on the early adopters of you know performance advertising, 
a, it, while we have all the technology, we're being careful to focus on it too much. It doesn't really have scale yet. Mm-hmm. And we charge scale. We don't charge for media dots. So we, we charge by impressions. So I, de- I definitely think it's going to be there. I think we're going to see more. What's most exciting for me personally or in, for Innovid is how we can take the, you know, the, the shampoo ads or the, the auto ads, the big spender, and let them get more, more bang out of their dollars. They're already spending billions of dollars. How can we be more specific with that auto ad or that donut ad? And how do we get them better performance versus linear? So I think it's much better if we position CTV as a better platform versus linear rather than try to compete with Facebook or search ads. That's almost mission impossible between you and I. You know, you pay a few cents and you get a click. You cannot deliver that on a CTV. You can, but it's not going to, you're not going to sell more, you know, it's a different type of world. So I think that's like years and years ahead of us. Okay. So one of the things I think I heard you say just then, Speaker, was that the actually interactive and, and new format ads are doing pretty well. And I really wanted to ask you about that specifically. Um, I mean, Peacock has come up with a whole bunch of new formats. I, I wonder, is there is there really high demand, or is it still mostly with thirty second standard video ads? Well, it's 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 an interesting point. You know, so if it's the answer is yes and yes, and I'll explain why. And and I think it is phenomenally positioned to answer both of those questions, right? We did the first interactive add-on Roku in the world, I think, or like CTV, SDK integration. I believe it was 2015, six years ago, which is, sounds like, you know, um, send text message to your phone or something. We've done, we enabled Roku uh, on the SDK level. We, never, we enabled Hulu to do interactive ads on Hulu. We have the first interactive CTV ads marketplace combined with the Tragus and, and uh, Magnite. We enabled that. So a lot of times also, you know, with companies like uh, Truex, you remember them or oh, we yeah. enabled we, we're the technology in some cases behind the scene they don't say that so in some cases it's it's us with our name in some cases it's just us with our technology what i'm saying is so, so from that perspective that's growing more than 100 140 percent a year in the last couple of years so it's like, oh my god that's amazing success the interactive stuff the personalization is growing even more 180 to 200 percent that's also an amazing success but if you zoom out and you see the amount of volume that's moving from linear television to ctv because first, you know, to your point, the adoption of innovation is up to the creative agencies, the media agencies, the brands, the publishers, the Hulus, the Peacock, as you said, the sales team. Oh, everybody needs to go through this process. And it's, 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 it's not trivial, right? They're not used to it. It's like, here's a spot, run it. Let's go home. Now it's like, no, here's 5,000 spots. Here's an interactive. Here's ROI calculation. That's a, that's, that's a lot for an agency to handle, you know, in TV. It takes time. While this is happening... People are switching from linear to CTV at massive scale. So the overall volume is just increasing every day. You know, the 70, 80% growth on volume is massive. And that's what's really pushing, you know, if you look at our the, the numbers we released as a company, like we're going public, that is pushing everything to the sideways. As much as innovation is increasing, the sheer volume is just massive. So I think it's going to take a time from a percentage perspective to see this as being kind, you know, I don't know what's, uh, um, what's uh, um, I would say, like, you know, it's still below 10% of the overall volume in the U.S., right? Or at least on the innovative platform. And I'm sure we're more advanced than, than Google right? because they don't have these products, right? So probably at Google, it's like half a percent. I'm, I will forget Google. I'm not supposed to comment on them. For us, it's, you know, below 10% uh, because the top line is moving so fast because the audience mm-hmm. is moving. And nobody needs to make that decision. The user is making the decision. The money follows the eyeballs. That's faster than anything that the brand or agency can do in the next year, which is okay with us. I mean, it's like we're we're happy to take the ad serving fees. 
you know, at the summit a few weeks ago, there were a number of different challenges raised about CTV because, of course, there's never such a thing as clear, completely clear sailing, right? And I'm yep. curious just to ask you a little bit more about the challenges, some of the things that I heard were transparency, uh, I heard about measurement, I heard about friction, as you pointed out yourself, um, with all the various players who were involved. I heard about fraud. Um, I heard about inertia. So um, that's a pretty full plate right there. And yet, despite that, as you say, um, CTV is still e-marketers posting it to be 28 billion by 2025. Dan Salmon came out this week saying it's going to be 58 billion by 2025, 100 billion by 2030. I, I don't know. Yep. I mean, it may be just a race <laughs> to who can print the biggest number these days. But but just talk a little bit about the challenges because you're so um, you know intimate with the details of what is on buyers' minds, what's on agencies' minds. What is it that has them concerned from a challenge perspective right now? I think the fragmentation, from my perspective, it all comes, the biggest issue is fragmentation, right? Where you have, used to have several big sellers in the upfronts and several big buyers and they will buy and just and go play golf and put up a nice show and, <laughs> and do a big, big creative for the Super Bowl and just go. That's it. It's done. Now it's like micro, like fragmentation over fragmentation over fragmentation. So frequent, frequency, actually, I don't even think I mentioned that, but frequency being a big Yeah, issue. frequency and, you know, and reach and frequency, yeah. but it's like, I, I think it comes from the, the concept of fragmentation in terms of the amount of outlets, the amount of, yeah. you know, there's Zumo and there's Tubi and there's YouTube and there's Hulu and there's Peacock and there's, you know, soon HBO are talking about advertising all with their own audiences, with their own pitches. To your point, you mentioned Peacock and their own ad formats, pause this, pause that. It's like, so if you were like a Procter & Gamble, if you're a Toyota, you're used to spending. So this is just like, oh, all well, this is great, but it doesn't have massive scale. I'm, I, I need, I need, in order to replicate television, in order for the TV dollars to move, it first needs to get, like, you need scale. That's where it starts there. Then it's like, oh, we can do all this stuff. We can measure. This is cool. But you first, the money, the big dollars are moving because the eyeballs are moving because you need, you need to have scale and efficiency through scale. So that's one huge something that people are not so aware of, but even just the workflow approving the creative right saying oh let's do this with a trade this and do that like so who's approving the creative we're used to like we the industry used to think is digital like we come from digital it's like oh that's the digital process like a banner process no most of these guys are tv guys so the the, the process of producing the creative approving the creative the connection between the creative agency for television with a digital ag media agency for digital that that stuff in the last couple of years is not trivial so a lot of it has to do with workflow. Spec management, all these publishers have their new specs. You know, they're like, Roku is this and Hulu is that. And, you know, so they have their own specs and encoding. Again, things people don't want to hear about, but in reality, they exist. So that's the stuff we, we tackle. Even before the reach and frequency, just to get the ad from one place to another and then count that it actually happened is a huge step. And, and we, we, at the end of the day, what we love to talk about innovation and interactivity, personalization, I believe that most of our clients, when they the adopters, when they initially adopt, they understand they want to have less errors, less headaches, more accurate data, and to understand what happened. Even before they optimize the reach and frequency, just tell me, make sure it happens, and then tell me what happened. That's a huge step that they're not necessarily getting on the competing platform because right. they didn't focus specifically on that. Right. Only then you get to reach and frequency uh, optimization and, and, and other things. And yes, uh, these are challenges. I, I don't think I need to be careful about fraud. I mean, I, like, I would uh, uh, 
I would argue that there's not as much fraud in CTV as people want to believe, or it's definitely not like desktop and mobile, right? If you're buying premium, like most of the money goes to the Hulus and the Roku, like if they go to the premium high-end stuff, that's where most of the money is going. You don't have like fraud in those things on NBC, right? Uh, over Amazon Fire. It, it, it's not there. So I would say that I would say that once you take care of the workflow and, and getting things from A to B and counting correctly and making the, the billing work correctly, the next are not challenges, the opportunities. You can measure you you can measure reach and frequency better than on linear television. You can do uh, ROI calculation better than you can do on linear television. So I think these are all great opportunities. You can see them as technical challenges, but they're going to absolutely be resolved. Identity, household data. These are, again, you can see it as a headache and as a challenge, but it's actually a massive opportunity. Once that's solved, it will be way better than the television. Television, linear television cannot even compete with that stuff. So I think in the next year and two, we're going to improve the CTV industry that it will be a slam dunk versus linear in terms of value. Yeah. So so in the last last minute or so here, Zvika, we, it's been a great interview, but uh, yep. I, I wonder, you, you've, and if it's been around for like, 14 years, something like that, right? Been forever. Why don't you tell us what has most surprised you in the industry so far, um, uh, you know, over the last 14 years? What really stunned us was the concept of, uh, call it the fraud, viewability, lack of transparency, some of the things we just touched on. Uh, I think, you know, in the last four years, the industry has done phenomenal uh, progress. But the fact that, you know, in, in an industry of like, a, you know, tens of billions of dollars, a few billion can go on missing every year. It's something that <laughs> didn't surprise me. Like my brain exploded. Uh, it's like, how is that even possible? Like in the industry I worked in before, if two cents will be missing, it's like, what happened? Like there's two cents gone. And here, like we're talking billions of dollars. So from that perspective, I think, A, it was a massive surprise to me. Again, when I entered 11 years ago, because nobody cared about it. That was the surprise. Not the fact that the money's gone. It's like, okay, everybody's fine with it. Finally, four years ago, I think, you know, it was Mark Preacher the first, I believe. And then others followed and said, like, no, we want more data. We want to own everything. We want to understand everything and control everything. And I think that's never going to go back. And... That's, you know, maybe to, to loop it back before we finish to CTV, I think that's why you see a very different ecosystem in CTV than you see in search or in display or in social that allow these big tech vendors to dominate. You have duopolies and monopolies because nobody cared. The agencies and the industry gave them so much power and now they realize, you know, the cookies and IDFA that they have way too much power. Brands are brands got so smart and they're so, um, you know, the agencies were under the mercy of big tech brands are not. They can boycott them, they can make decisions by themselves, and that really created a world where you have uh, the Trade Desk, you have Magnite, you have Innovid now, you have Double Verify, companies who are independent, they're public, they're worth billions, and I don't think, and that's a great news for everybody, including us as viewers and, and consumers, to have powers that will balance that the overly powered the big tech companies. Well, Zvika, I think we could go on for another hour Always. if we wanted yes. to. Uh, this is bringing me back to old days when you and I first met, I think, back in that kind of little closet that you had off of Soho. 14th Street, yes. if I remember. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. Uh, so this is, this is fantastic. And, uh, you know, again, congratulations. It's a huge milestone for you guys. To, We're just day one. We're just starting. Going. Yes. I know. I know. It's all a journey, but yep. it's still a milestone and you need to recognize it. I'm sure you do. So. 
Uh, congratulations again, and it's been really terrific to have you on sharing your thoughts with us. Speaker, thank you so much. That was such a great conversation. We covered so much ground, so uh, great conversation. Thank you so much. Very happy to be here. Thank for support. And thanks, everyone, for listening in on this week's edition of Inside the Stream. And we look forward to seeing you all again next week. Inside the Stream is a production of Endscreen Media and Video News, all rights reserved.